SEC XRP shocking win against the SEC, partially at least, by XRP and the impact on your self-directed IRA. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney, founder of IRA Financial. And on today's Adam Talks podcast, I am going to dissect the stunning partial XRP victory, but really uh, I claim it as a full victory by XRP over the SEC. And in a nutshell, XRP was successful in its summary judgment to argue that the XRP cryptocurrency is not a security or investment contract. This is a huge win. Um, the court did rule that the sale of these investment contracts, the SRP, to institutional investors were deemed investment contracts and securities, but not what the consumer purchased on a crypto exchange. So this is a massive, massive victory for XRP and a massive, massive loss for the SEC. We're going to see if they appeal it, which they probably should, um, because I think the decision by Judge Torres was uh, very surprising. I'm not sure. I agreed with all of her reasoning, which I'll go into, but I think ultimately I'm happy that XRP is not deemed a security. I'm happy the SEC does not have you know, jurisdiction over, over this these types of investment contracts. I don't think they need to. You know, my position all along is that the Office of Control of Currency, the OCC, which regulates banks, should be dealing with crypto exchanges. That's really the big problem in the crypto market. It's not the fact that these investment contracts, these cryptos are not regulated. Consumers know the risks involved in buying and selling cryptos. And, um, you know, having these things registered with the SEC won't solve anything. So I'm going to go through some of the facts in this case, talk about the ruling, the how we test. But let me tell you, I was shocked. Um, I've been following this case for three years. And every time I spoke to clients, and I have lots and lots of clients that have bought XRP and foreign exchanges, I've always said, listen, I think you guys are going to lose. I mean, you can, you can buy the shares. You can buy the crypto, excuse me. Um, I think it's going to go to zero. I think you're going to lose. I think the SEC will be victorious and will be able to argue that the XRP is a crypto. Now, I don't think all cryptos are um, SEC investment contract regulated, but because XRP has this very unique relationship with Ripple, um, which is kind of the um, enterprise um, parent, so to speak, or partner, I just thought that relationship really was a problem for XRP. But hey, so it looks like I'm wrong. And what has happened is most of the major exchanges like Bitstamp, Coinbase um, has now listed XRP um, on uh, their exchange for trading for US investors, which is uh, a change um, really the uh, last couple of years. So basically what's going on, some facts of what XRP is and Ripple. So in 2011, 2012, Arthur Brito, Jed uh, Maclev, David Schwartz, they developed a source code for cryptographically secured ledger or blockchain, which is known as XRP Ledger. They aim to create a faster, cheaper, and more energy efficient alternative to the Bitcoin blockchain. And they introduced this in 09. The XRP Ledger launched in 12. Source code generated fixed supply of 100 billion XRP. And XRP is the native digital token of the XRP ledger. And the XRP ledger requires XRP to operate. Okay, and then each unit of XRP is divisible into 1 million drops. 
Each unit or drop of XRP is fungible with any other unit or drop. 2012, um, Larson Khaled founded Ripple. Larson became Ripple CEO, and he held that position until 2016. Of the 100 billion XRP generated on the ledger code, the three founders retained 20 billion for themselves and 80 billion XRP to Ripple. Okay, so here you see the connection and relationship between Ripple and XRP. Okay, since its founding, Ripple's mission is to be realized an internet value by using technology to facilitate the transfer of value assets across the internet. Uh, specifically, Ripple seeks to modernize international payments by developing a global payment network for international currency transfers. Okay, um, and what's interesting is some, but not all, of Ripple's products and services rely on the XRP ledger. Uh, the XRP ledger is based on open source software. Anyone can use the ledger or submit transactions. Um, Ripple's also found, funded companies as part of its XSpring initiative to incentivize the development of other use cases of the XRP ledger. So this, again, was, was my big concern with this case. It's like, hey, you know, they're so interconnected. And we'll get to the Howey test in a minute. It kind of looks like this could be, you know, an enterprise value kind of like investing in a tech company. And clearly, if you own, you know, Apple stock or, uh, I don't know, Salesforce stock, that, that's a security. At all times before the end of 2020, Ripple owned between 50 and 80 billion XRP. Okay. Um, Ripple, wholly owned subsidiary, sold XRP directly to certain counterparts. So there was two transactions that um, the court looked at. There were the institutional sales, which are sales to institutional buyers, hedge funds. Um, that was for about $729 million in institutional sales. And second, Ripple sold XRP on digital asset exchanges. They call this programmatically or through the use of trading algorithms. Okay. So this was the second, the programmatically sold XRP on these digital asset exchanges like Coinbase. And these were blind bid or ask transactions, right? Um, you don't know who you're buying it from, right? I, I don't know if I'm buying it from Ripple owner one, Ripple owner two, or Joe Blow. I don't know. Ripple didn't know who was buying the XRP and the purchasers did not know who was selling it. Now, this is actually turned out to be the key component of the case, uh, which I was shocked that they actually relied on this. But basically, the judge was like, in the institutional side, the buyer and seller knew each other and the hedge fund clearly expected the XRP value to be enriched uh, through its relationship with Ripple. In the individual side, where the individuals were buying the, the XRP on the digital platform, programmatically or programmatic sales, the idea is that no buyer, no seller knew each other so that even though they bought the XRP, the court believed it wasn't connected to its Ripple relationship and it was kind of a blind purchase independent of Ripple. And for that reason, they basically believed that it did not satisfy the third Howey test, which we'll get to, which is a famous Supreme Court case from 70 years ago, which defines what a security is. And therefore, the sale of the Ripple cryptos on a digital exchange were not investment contracts, but the sale on two of the contracts to institutional buyers like hedge funds were problematic. So again, <laughs> shocking, right? Um, of course, when you buy Apple stock, like you don't know who the you know the buyer and the sellers don't know each other, right? But of course, you're, you're buying Apple because you believe Apple is going to go up. The judge basically said, hey, the buyer doesn't know what 
about the XRP Ripple connection, which I find that a stretch. Um, I don't know if she thinks you know we're all stupid, but clearly you know most people that buy XRP kind of understand or at least know what Ripple is and the relationship. But in the case, and we'll go through some of the ruling, the wording at least, the judge was pretty focused on this to say, hey, because they don't know um, what's happening, um, we we don't think there is what's called the expectation of profit to be derived from the entrepreneurial or managerial efforts of others. Okay, so let me go through the three Howey Howey tests. This was a the Howey case is a famous case from seventy years ago, Supreme Court case, and there's basically three prongs. And if you satisfy all three prongs, um, you're deemed a security. So the first prong is you whether the investment of money was part of a relevant transaction. So clearly, no one fought that one. Clearly, it was. Two, the second prong of Howey, the existence of a common enterprise may be demonstrated through a showing of horizontal commonality. Uh, the court finds the, the existence of a common enterprise because the record demonstrates that there was a pooling of assets and the fortunes of the institutional buyers were tied to the success of the enterprise. So they ruled this for the institutional buyers, but they didn't focus on it for the consumers on the that bought XRP on the um, digital platform digital exchanges. Why? Because it failed Harry Prong three. And because it failed three, they didn't even have to get to two. But I think they would have failed two because clearly the I believe the Ripple XRP connection is um, a common enterprise. And then this is three, which I, I was shocked. I really thought that the court would rule irrespective of what I believe. I thought the court would rule that the XRP failed the third prong, which is the most difficult to, I think, really understand and extrapolate. So the third prong of how we examine is whether the economic reality surrounding Ripple's institutional sales led to institutional buyers to have a reasonable expectation of profit to be derived from the entrepreneurial or managerial efforts of others. So on the institutional side, they said it failed because the hedge fund knew the, the buyer or the seller, which was Ripple, and because of the relationship between XRP and Ripple, they immediately um, bought the security or investment contract with the expectation uh, that Ripple would enrich themselves. However, the judge said that because the buyer and sellers on the individual crypto exchange side did not know each other, that there was no uh, reasonable expectation of profit to be derived from the entrepreneurial or managerial efforts of others. Now, again, this is shocking. I would be shocked if the SEC didn't immediately um, appeal this case. Now, the SEC is basically coming out and saying, yeah, we, we got to win too on the institutional side, but they don't care about the institutional side. The SEC can, sell, can really care about the consumer side and they lost. And I'm shocked at the reasoning of the court and I'm shocked they ruled for um, XRP and Ripple. Again, my opinion aside, um, I just didn't think the court would get there. Uh, I didn't think that they would see this argument and actually agree with it. Um, to me, if I'm a consumer on a crypto exchange and I buy XRP, you would think um, I'm you know, positioning myself because I, I think the XRP Ripple um, blockchain community initiative is what's going to derive the value for me um, and, and make XRP go up in value. But 
you know, they, they didn't. And the judge didn't see that, which was, you know, pretty shocking. So this was a mass, massive, massive, massive win. Again, it could be appealed. I would think the SEC will appeal it. If they, since they lost this, if they don't appeal it, what's the impact? Well, how does this impact Ethereum? So the, the idea is that a lot of people are saying, well, it's over for the SEC. They're done. They're finished. They lost this case. There's precedent. If if XRP failed the third prong of Howey, then um, you know Ethereum and all the other kind of smart contract tokens will as well. Maybe. Um, the difference, for example, with Ethereum, Ethereum as a community, as a foundation, could that change the analysis for the third prong of um, how we test? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if the SEC gives up, uh, but this is definitely a shot, you know, in their gut. Um, they took a, I could say a knockout punch, but they're, they're down right now. Let's see if they're going to get up. Um, this was a blow. And I don't think they saw this coming. They've been super aggressive going after people. Um, I don't think they saw this ruling coming. I didn't. Um, but just to give you some language um, from the judge, um, which I thought was really interesting. So again, the institutional sale, the, the SEC thinks it's a big win. You know, it's not because that's not really, um, even though it's kind of the same amount of money, what, what they really want is control over the consumers. And, and they lost that. So let's get to the um, interesting part of this case, I think, which is the um, the, the uh, individual programmatic sale. So the Ripple programmatic sales, which occurred under different circumstances from the institutional sales. The SEC alleges that the programmatic sales to public buyers on digital asset exchanges uh, were investment contracts, right? Um, so what the judge said is, having considered the economic reality of the programmatic sales, the court concludes that the undisputed record does not establish the third Howey prompt, whereas the institutional buyers reasonably expected that Ripple would use the capital to, it received from its sale to improve the XRP ecosystem and thereby increase the price of XRP, the programmatic buyers could not reasonably expect the same. Oh, that's a stretch. Um, indeed, Ripple's programmatic sales were blind bid-ass transactions, no kidding, and programmatic buyers could not have known if their payment of money went to Ripple or any other seller fair but again anyone who bought xrp in these programmatic sales on a digital exchange you know i personally believe like bought it because of its connection to ripple and the enterprise value and the expectation of profit based off this you know relationship between xrp and ripple and the ecosystem blockchain community it has so again i'm gonna repeat that i, I was just shocked when i read this um that ripple's programmatic sales were blind bid as transactions and pro programmatic Buyers could not have known if the payments of money went to Ripple or any other seller. So they, the court went on, therefore, the vast majority of individuals who purchased XRP from digital asset exchanges did not invest their money in Ripple at all. An institutional buyer knowingly purchased XRP directly from Ripple. But the economic reality is that a programmatic buyer stood in the same shoes as a secondary market purchaser who did not know to whom or whom was paying its money. Wow, again, a stretch. So that means, hey, if you are buying cryptocurrency of an ICO, initial coin offering, not from the company itself, but from a third-party buyer, the SEC doesn't have jurisdiction because that's not an investment contract. Wow, that's a killer for the SEC, right? So bottom line is like the secondary sale, um, secondary sale of all these cryptos, according to this ruling, is not an economic 
or not a security. It's not an investment contract. Maybe the initial one is, right? When that initial offering of that coin, but, you know, Ethereum, you know, Matic, Solana, all that, that's a long time ago. All the transactions buy and sell is going on now where the buyers and sellers don't know each other and the money's not going to the actual, you know, enterprise of that coin. Based off this ruling is not a security and the SEC has no jurisdiction because it fails the third prong of Howie. That's a significant, significant ruling. Um, so the court went on and said, it's not enough for the SEC to argue that Ripple explicitly, explicitly targeted speculators or that Ripple understood that people were speculating on XRP as an investment. Okay. They basically said they don't believe that individuals were smart enough to understand when they bought XRP of all this marketing by Ripple and they just bought XRP for the hell of it. And it really wasn't based off any Ripple marketing, which again, it's like, wow, that's a stretch. Um, you know, it said, the court said, it may certainly be the case that many programmatic buyers purchased XRP with the expectation of profit, but they did not derive that expectation from Ripple's efforts. Okay, where did it come from? Particularly because none of the programmatic buyers were aware that they were buying XRP from Ripple. Right, but they were buying XRP because of the connection from Ripple. So I don't know. I think the reasoning is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm still kind of in shock. Um, I'm okay, right? I don't want the SEC to come in and destroy the market. Um, I think the SEC has too much power already. I don't think the problem is having these cryptos registered. I think the problem is making sure the exchanges are well-regulated, have insurance and have reserves and are audited. And I think the OCC should do that more than the SEC or CFTC. But um, my, again, my shock is just the reasoning of the court. Uh, it's one thing if they said it, it, it satisfied Howie. I, I just didn't see the rationale at all. Um, that was surprising to me. Um, I Again, if I had to bet, I would have bet it would have failed the three Howie tests and it would have been deemed an investment contract. Just not, I'm not talking about Ethereum. I'm not talking about, you know, Matic. I'm not talking about any other smart contract type utility coin. I'm talking about XRP just because of its unique relationship to Ripple um, and the fact that they're so interconnected. And, and again, it looks very seemingly um, that there is some enterprise communal value that when you buy XRP, you're, you know, expecting some um, profit, some growth based off its relationship with Ripple. So that's it. We'll see where it goes. This is, um, you know, very good for the crypto industry. We, we definitely needed a, a win. It's been a really horrible 15 to 16 months. Um, so this is good news. Um, I'm fine with the ruling, uh, but I'm just surprised at the rationale of the court. Um, I think it's, you know, very, very ripe for appeal um, just because I think the rationale of the court is suspect. Um, and I think, you know, many other jurors would come in and, and look at this situation and probably find that XRP did fail the, the three-pronged Howey test and it is deemed a security subject to SEC oversight, but it didn't. And now what's going on is now the SEC has some problems, right? Um, the exchanges like Coinbase, they're, um, it, they have this ruling now to hang their hat on. Will the SEC start attacking other coins like Ethereum? Uh, they already have made some claims that they have jurisdiction over Ethereum type coins. They've kind of walked away from the Bitcoin argument, but they focus more on utility, smart contract type coins, community coins. 
we'll see. I don't know what they're going to do. All I do know is the U.S. government. I don't think they're just going to back down. Uh, this is a power play. They have 4,500 employees. It's about getting more money, bigger budget, more employees. And um, they're not going to back off. Gensler's not backing off. This is a big loss, though. This, this is a, a massive loss. Okay. Could they come back? Yeah. Could they appeal this thing and win? Yes. Um, but it does feel good to have just a little bit of good news in the crypto industry. I'm happy for all the XRP investors that hopefully got a nice boost, made some money because uh, they were right. I was wrong. You know, like I just thought the core, and maybe on appeal they will. I just did not see this outcome. I just thought um, based off my understanding of the relationship between Ripple and XRP that they would fail the three-prong Howard test and it would be deemed a security. But um, that's why I was a tax lawyer and uh, I guess not a litigator. So hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Big, big win. Super happy. Um, we'll see where it goes, see what the SEC does. Um, exchanges are listening to stuff. So that's good. Um, and, you know, to be continued, but um, kudos to uh, Ripple. They, they spent hundreds of millions of dollars fighting the stuff. They fought the fight. They believed in their cause. Um, and they were right. So good for them. Um, and the SEC, I think, needs to retract and kind of figure out what their next plan is because um, th this thing hurts. This this is bad precedent for them. And if they lost this XRP case, like I don't know if they're going to win a, a, another type of uh, coin case because this was the easiest slam dunk case, I thought, to show that they, there was a security that existed um, much easier than, than Ethereum or, or another utility coin that's way more decentralized. Here, that Ripple um, XRP relationship is just so um, ingrained and so tight that if the SEC couldn't win this case, <laughs> I just don't think they're going to have a great chance uh, winning on any of the other coin cases. So uh, we shall see, but overall, you know, great news. So uh, congratulations to all. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed today's podcast um, and uh, appreciate you listening if you're watching on YouTube. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, and this is a weekly podcast. Generally drops every Wednesday. Yeah, I keep going in the summer, not messing around. This was a fun one because there's some good news. I mean, it's been really tough talking about all the messy crypto stuff uh, over the last year and a half. That's been you know super difficult for me. And I know a lot of you as well. So it's good to get some good news, hopefully. We turn the corner and uh, 23 and 24 turn out to be a beginning of a new chapter in, in the cryptocurrency um, revolution. So thank you. And uh, that's it. Take care. Talk to everyone again next week. Take care.